Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. Hello. The universe. It's us. Grant and Jake. It's true. It's, it's us. We're back for another action-filled week. I guess it's not so much action as it is just strange. It's sort of. There's but some action in there. You are in for another treat because we're back to continue our series on Mr. Crowley himself. Yes, and after assessing the information, it's not going to be three parts. It's probably going to be four. Yeah, it's probably yeah, going to be four parts. I think that that is the smart move. Uh, just so we don't, you know, we don't rush. We have to have some time to relax and yeah, talk about things and kind of discuss and dissect. Because this guy did just a shit ton of stuff. Oh yeah, I in mean, his life, so, there is stuff you know. a popping on this fucking guy. But we're back for another week. It's November now, if you can believe that. Is, look at that. We are chugging along through the year twenty twenty one. And we are slowly approaching 2022. I that is. What does that mean for me. us? You know, for us personally, it just means I gotta remember to write a different date when I make notes. It's never gonna happen. Um, but as far as that, I mean, that's about that's about all that's gonna change. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. It makes sense. We are starting a cult, by the way. Oh, I yeah. already said. You, you know, know, that's Grant. I'm Jake. I'm going to tell you this. If this is your first episode listening, you're being ridiculous. you got to go back to the first part of the series. Yeah, exactly. I get starting at the top, you know, seeing like, you know, it's just, that's the one that's at top. You're just, okay, I'll I'll pick this. It's part two, though. So how can you really jump right in? We specifically wrote part two. Yeah, so you guys are going to need to... To avoid this problem we're having right now. Definitely rewind a little bit. Go back to the episode from last week. So that way you guys can, you know, know where we're going and where we started from. No, it's true. You're going to get all lost. But if you are new to the show, welcome. We enjoy having you as a listener, and we hope you enjoy the show. We're pretty, no, uh, we're pretty relaxed, I guess you could say. Uh, yeah. If you hate us, or if you love us, or if you just don't care. Let us know. Yes. Yeah, start a cult at, at, at gmail.com. Yes. Yeah, start a cult at gmail.com. You know, it's funny. If this is someone's first episode and it is the part two, uh, my first paragraph of the notes is just a, a single sentence recapping what happened last time. There you go. At least you'll so, know a you little know. bit if you don't want to go back. Yeah. I no, will it's... say, I, th- this happened a couple of weeks ago. I don't think we actually mentioned it on the show, but we got our first um, negative 
uh, feedback, I guess you could say. The guy did was, not like the show. Was that one about you or just the show? Uh, this one was just about the show. Well, you didn't tell me about this one. What did he say? It was in an email. He was like, it's not that interesting. Uh, you know, it's got the information, but I, I don't really care. And then oh, okay. It's like a five out of ten. You oh, know right, that's fine. I appreciate it. I get it. I, I totally get it, man. He you did know, what cool. we wanted him to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm not mad at you. I don't, you know, if you, I doubt if you're still listening, but if you are, fuck yeah, dude. Let us just give He's us another one. Us. Give us another rating. We just want you to talk to us. Yeah, this uh, we do this show because we enjoy talking about this, and it just so happens that we have the proper equipment to record ourselves talk about it. It's kind of a win-win. I mean, we just get to do our thing. It just makes sense. And you guys get to listen to it. And, you know, it's just we'd be doing this shit anyway. It's just we move into a different room and talk at a computer instead of at each other's faces. No, it's true. And speaking of talking about this shit, you want, you want to talk about this shit? Oh, you yeah. You want to do it? I think we should. I think we all should. Right, all right. Well, let's get into Aleister Crowley, part two. Buckle up, boys Buckle and girls. Up. So... We left off last week with Mr. Aleister Crowley inheriting his father's riches after becoming a piece of shit when he died, uh, with which he bought a bunch of fancy clothes, traveled Europe, found out he's a bisexual with a proclivity to bottoming, met Oscar Wilde, broke up with his drag queen girlfriend, only to spiral into an existential depression in which he decided he wanted to be immortalized spiritually and thought the only way to achieve this was by directly opposing the god of his youth. Yes. Yes. That is my six-line run-on sentence. That pretty much That's beautifully summed up uh, what we did all last week. We we really dove into a lot of that. Yeah, really goes to show how short all this stuff could be. It could be, but you know? it doesn't paint the right picture. See, if you don't know what's going on, you're like, okay, so this guy inherited some money, took it in the ass, married a drag queen, and then broke up with that drag queen and still like taking it in the ass. Why are we talking about this guy? This well, he like wants to oppose God. Yeah. No, it's This it's, sounds it's like crazy. your average person uh, in some part of the world, right? This is just like your early 20s. Yeah, you this know? Just, this, that's what happens. This is what happens. All right, so now, one thing to note from here is that Crowley made this decision, you know, to directly oppose the God of his youth, under the sure assumption that God and the devil were actual physical beings that exist somewhere. Okay. Okay, so he's like, they're people. I can go to them if I can only find them. You know, one of those. Uh, this is uh, where the literalness that he had for the Bible due to his being on the spectrum came into play. Okay? So this meant that he took his literal interpretation of the Bible that he'd had as a child and flipped it in every way. Like, everything he believed and, like, aspired to in his religious beliefs as a child, he flipped it completely. He's like, devil's my guy. Devil right. is my fucking guy. Typical rebellious behavior, you know? Yeah. You, you go against the grain of what you're used to. Yeah, everything he did would be in the guidance of Satan rather than God. And unlike God, Satan had a reputation of being someone that you could just summon up. Yeah, just in like out. one way or another, like he just shows up if you call him, you know? Unlike God, he's just easier in all these prayers. God's phone is just blowing up. At all points. Yeah, he's too popular. See, that's the thing they don't talk about. God probably would do that in this scenario, but he's just too busy. He can't be in all these places at once. The devil, I mean, how many calls does that guy get? Maybe, you know, 
one tenth of a percent of what God's getting. Yeah, and it's still hundreds, but you know he can he can manage that. Yeah, I mean you, you can, can pencil that shit in. You're like, all right, well this guy isn't going to work today, but when he does it again tomorrow, I'll you know I'll show up. Yeah, I'll, if I'll Satan doesn't show up, it's like, oh well, he's evil. So yeah, he would he would ignore he would ghost me. Yeah, like or that. just that's send, just like him. Isn't that just so Satan? He'll just send some of his legion. You know, he's like, you guys are cool. You guys will speak for me. Yeah, God doesn't do that. God's it's like, very, just say you're me. God's very personal. He's like, I will handle this myself. But really, he handles nothing. Usually. Yeah, and the devil's kind of like, well, hey, fuck it. Here, take this guy. How about that? He's like me, yeah. but he's just not. You know? He's got the horns. He's red. All these things. All right, so Alistair discovered a means to do this. You know, call up Satan. Uh, the, uh, when he came across the book, The Book of Black Magic and Pacts. Yes. Okay? So this was a book that attempted to combine, uh, you know, most the most used grimoires, which are books of spells in the magical world. I'm not super familiar with the magical world, so I'm probably going to say a lot of things wrong. But the magical the, world, the, what I'm saying is right, just how I'm saying it might not be. It's very tough because there's so many different sects, I guess you could say, within the magical world, and people that like this or they prefer this or they do this magic... And they're all very uh, testy, I guess is yeah, the word to testicles. say. Yeah, testicles. If you, uh, you know, if you get one slight detail wrong, they're the type that's like, of course you would think that. Uh, act to a layman, I understand where you would come. Yeah, they're they're it's, it's like, that type it. of crowd. So yeah, it, it's very easily researched nowadays, but it's also very intricate and intense. Yeah, and if you don't learn the right way or you possibly learn something incorrectly you're in for a hell of an explanation yeah devil's in the details uh when it comes to being annoyed by these people oh yeah a hundred percent but so it's uh so yeah the book of black magic and packs it was a it was a combined combination of a bunch of grimoires which again are books of spells and it, it's like you know he tried to uh, put it into one usable text the guy who wrote it was arthur Waite. this is what he tried to do and it was written in 1898, right? So, Waite also mentions a hidden church in the book. Supposedly a church in which the knowledge of the true rites of initiation to being granted magical power can be obtained. Okay, so he mentions this church. All right, This all hidden right. church. And Crowley wrote to Waite, okay? He read this, he was like, holy fuck, I'm so close to my Satan call. Uh, so Crowley wrote to Waite, asking him about the church. He's like, i got to get into this church. Uh, to which Waite replied with a book suggestion. Uh, uh, here's a book. Try that. Yeah, he's like, maybe you just read more. Buy more of my books. That's smart. That's but it wasn't a book by him. Yeah, it was, a, it was a book called The Cloud Upon the Sanctuary by Carl von Eckartshausen. Eckartshausen. Von Eckartshausen. So von Eckartshausen. Uh, he was a member of the original Illuminati, like the real old-ass physical group of individuals. Yeah, like the, the Illuminati. The legitimate shit that was in, like, what was that, France, I think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, like that, that was Seems real. like a French thing. But so, yeah, uh, the, uh, yeah, the author of this book, Von Eckhardschausen, he was an original member. And uh, in this book, he also mentions this hidden church. So you know, here's the connection. This is why this is why Wait was just like you know, give, give von Eckhard Chausen a little little shout out. Okay, read his book, is what he said. So he mentioned this church, and um, and though this hidden church only exists in the metaphorical sense of finding the knowledge within oneself, Crowley took it literally and went out in search for it. 
So this was his purpose in life. He's like, I'm going to oppose God, become immortal in the minds of, of history and everything. And uh, he was just like, got to find this hidden church. All, All right. right. Sounds like a plan. It sounds like a plan. Before we get into uh, how he did this, it's worth mentioning that Crowley was also publishing books. Indeed. Because that was he another was. thing. You know, he wanted to be a writer at one point. I guess he never really gave it up. It wasn't his number one thing, but he was doing it. He was publishing books. This was where White Stains comes in. You know, the, the book with the sexy Jesus time. Yeah, where uh, you're eating the poop with, with and the licking poop the and, toes and yeah. sucking on the balls. And yeah, whatnot. he loved it all. Uh, so, it, apparently, there were other poems in there uh, that had to do with, like, you know, bestiality and a bunch of other insanely taboo things. So, he was just trying to gross people out. Yeah, he was the original shock jockey. He was Howard Stern before yeah. radio. No, it's true. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he, you know, he published other books of poetry as well. Uh, most of the poetry, he, you know, other texts, but whatever. It was mostly poetry. Says he was a rich kid, he published each book using the most expensive paper he could find. It was like handmade paper. That's Wouldn't absurd. That nice? Who would take the time to do that? You know, I guess I, don't know. I guess him. I mean, that's that's hey man, the he answer. Didn't, he didn't take time. He just spent money on the time that was spent by other people. He's like, here, you know just I mean? fucking make me some paper. It's like we have all this paper. I don't want that shit. So I, I want the a good couple, shit. A couple of reams from Staples. Yeah, they have staples you know, back then, or something like that. You know, you just go and buy a bunch of They had to have had the equivalent of staples back in the early 20th century, right? They had. See, you know what's funny? I mean, nowadays, I, this is a little bit off topic here, but, like, the idea of printing books, they make it seem like it's such this process. It's really fucking not. You know what you do? You turn on a machine. Yep. Really? Yeah, you just take what you've written, put it into this computer, and it just gives it to you. It just gives it to you. That's all it needs. Machine gives you text. It just makes. It's amazing. It, it all you do is you feed it paper and ink, and you have a book. That's no, true. You're like, well, you know, we, this has to go through printing and publishing and blah blah blah. It's like, it doesn't need to be that big a deal. You could just. I have a printer. You know, I just press no, the yeah. button. Yeah. Buy a, a cover, and you know, like, just get it in there. It's that fine. wasn't. No, it wasn't good enough for Crowley. He wanted people's fingers all up in there. Ah, yeah. Right? He yeah. wanted it in in the paper. You know. Uh, and so, it, you know, it was handmade, and so he charged super steep prices for them. $84. You know, I don't know. That that would be a shit ton of money back then. <laughs> so, yeah, he charged super steep prices because of the paper, but also he was just like, this is amazing. I'm so fucking good at this, is what he thought. Oh, yeah. But his lack of a reputation at all in the literary uh, community, as well as the fact that the people that did know him uh, thought he was a dick... Nobody, literally nobody bought a book of his. Yeah, I probably So he just have. spent a shit ton of money on, on printing books and nobody bought them. Oprah didn't exist then, so you couldn't get into like the book club. No, yeah, you couldn't get that, get that uh, the, uh, the ever-elusive golden sticker. Was it golden? I think so. The it was golden like sticker. It's like, this is the O Club approved. It's like, all right, cool. It's like, God damn it, Oprah. Well, you just made it. Oprah's like dollars. definitely evil, right? Like, do probably. you think that as well? I mean... I don't necessarily know if she's evil, but she's definitely got the money to be evil. I think she's evil. I think we talked about I don't about really this. have any reason to believe that, but I just can't shake the feeling. If I remember correctly, we talked about this last week, and I said that I don't trust anybody that makes more money than me. Yeah, you did. You said that. And that is immediately, like, I have no issues with Oprah, as far as I know. She's probably a little bit more in the clear than, like, a Bill Gates is. 
Uh, not even that he's bad. I just people really have it out for Bill Gates. He's like on the watch list, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Oprah, not so he much. He divorced she's, his wife that he then. Yeah, I mean, I'm know, I, don't, Oprah I don't know what people. She's think. fine. I mean, you know, she's cool. I guess. I think she's up to something, and we're gonna find out. I give her some mad respect though. She just like retired one day. And was like, I'm done being Oprah. Yeah. And it was like, holy shit, she's gone. And she's like, yep. She's done being Oprah. See ya. I don't even know if I've like seen a picture of Oprah since then. Now, didn't she do those like interviews like with Will Smith and his, uh, you know, whatever his wife's name is, and their relationship falling apart? Didn't she like kind of have a show that started all that? I know it happened on Jada Pinkett's actual show. Will Smith's oh, it was Jada wife. Pinkett's show. But I think you might be. I want to say like after that went down or something, she like had like an interview with. She's like, them. I'm going to talk to these people. If I'm not mistaken, I could right. be wrong though. Well, anyway, Oprah's evil. Uh, Crowley wasn't very good at being an author or selling books. So while he was failing at being a writer, uh, he was he was still in contact with Eckenstein, you know, his, uh, his climbing partner, mm-hmm. the guy he thought of as like a father figure. And uh, it was through Eckenstein that he read the book The Kabbalah Unveiled by Samuel Lydell McGregor Mathers. I'm just going to call him Sam Mathers. Yeah, Sam From Mathers. now on, he has four names. And that book has a lot different meaning, um, because nowadays that's like QAnon shit. Um, but back then, you know, it was, it was very different. It, yeah, it yeah. had actual meaning to it and substance. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, now the cabal QAnon is, is very easily interchanged with nothing. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Samuel Mathers, he was the leader of the Order of the Golden Dawn at the time, but we'll get into that. Oh, we will. Okay, so this book resonated with Crowley greatly. Uh, so one day, while mountain climbing with Eckenstein, he uh, was in the Swiss Alps. You know, they were they were just in the Swiss Alps climbing. Crowley began feeling super bad. He, he started feeling sick. And then he went to the nearest town, because he was like, I gotta start feeling better. And what did, what did he do? He went, he promptly went to the bar. The first bar he saw, and loudly began having a discussion about alchemy. Oh, so he's yeah. like, I feel sick on the mountain. I got to go talk to random strangers about alchemy in a bar. Alchemy, the forgotten science. <laughs> I guess you could call it that. For those of you that don't yeah. know, that's just the idea of... You are excrement. You can turn yourself into gold. Yeah, it's really yeah. <laughs> turning garbage, waste, uh, and in a lot of cases, fecal matter itself yeah. into gold. Yeah, it's just changing shit up. It's you know, really you got to make some changes. That's all cool it is. It's a cool idea. But if it actually, if someone could actually do it, they would be like super rich. No, it's true. Very gold intensive. Uh, so one man in the bar named Julian Baker, who is not—that's the same. That's the same name as the Pink Floyd drummer who went insane, right? Is it not? No, isn't that Sid Barrett? That's Sid Barrett. Who am I thinking of? I have no idea. A man named Julian Baker. Thinking I guess. like Julian Lennon and Ginger Baker had a baby. I think I'm thinking of Ginger Baker. Anyway, this guy was named Julian Baker. He was in the bar that Crowley was talking about alchemy in. Uh, so he approached Crowley as an alchemist himself. He was like, I dabble in the alchemy. And uh, so the two hit it off. And was and they were eventually, uh, you know, just kind of like palling around. And uh, Julian Baker, he introduced Crowley to a practicing magician named George Jones. Named the most David bland-ass. Copperfield. <laughs> No, George Jones, the blandest name you could probably ever think of. That is just like the most generic, like fucking like Bill middle, Williams, middle like, wow. class, like uh, 
I don't even. What am I trying to witness protection program type of name? It's like no, my name's George Jones. Nice to meet you, but no, he's a practicing magician. So Baker and Jones both began magic. They became like a magical Sherpas to Crowley in a way. I like you know? that. Eventually, teaching him through magic ritual and intense meditation how to astral project at will. That's pretty cool, isn't that? I would want to take a lesson in that. It sounds kind of scary. Oh, I'd be terrified. But if I did it once and it was fine, I'd be like, I do this all the time. It's kind of like going to the casino. It's like we're gonna lose all my money. Yeah, but I just like, I hit it big the like, first time, so now I'm just fuck. like, I fucking own Let's this place. Do it. I won three hundred dollars. I own guy, this place. Crowley had the same approach to anal sex as he did with astral projection. I have a feeling that was just a yes. We'll do He's it. He's like, let's do it, and if I like yeah. it, I'll keep doing it. Well, and maybe it yeah. I mean, he definitely kept doing it, so he. I, this approach of just, he's a yes man. You know, Jim Carrey's yes man. That's what he is. Jim Carrey. <laughs> that fucking weirdo. That fucking guy. All right. Uh, so, he was, they, you know, Baker and Jones, they were teaching him all these things. And uh, surprisingly to them, however, Crowley learned uh, to successfully do this almost immediately. Meaning to them that he had an intensely firm grasp on magical works right out of the gate. Cool. So he just like had a knack for this. I never really thought about astral projection as being magical. Well, it's like the ability to like make yourself do it at will. Yeah, I guess that you is know, like that's that's different. You can't do that. I no. can't do that. No, I I tried to do that once, and I, I'll admit this on air. Um, you know, at least I heard like you're supposed to lay like perfectly still and flat. And like you can't, you have to like control your muscles not to like twitch or like anything. Yeah. And then it's supposedly you know you'll start to feel like warm and sort of like you're vibrating, and then you like you know you imagine that your inner body is like pulling itself out of yourself. And I was trying all this right. I was just laying there. <laughs> I, was I was trying, trying it. it. I was trying it, and like I don't think it was actually working. Just looking back on it. I think it was like I had laid there so long and not moved a single muscle that my body just thought it was asleep. And, like, I started to feel really weird, so then I just, like, shook myself out of it and was like, I'm going to bed like a regular person. That's like uh, that's like sleep paralysis you put yourself in, I think. It was weird. I was like, I, sh- I, was like, I don't like this, so I shook myself out. Yeah, away. yeah. You see any shadow people? No, I did not. Nice. I did not. I can't say Good I did. Good news from Grant's bed. But that's the last time I'll ever try that, because I did not enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. Well, Crowley had a knack for doing it. He, he could just do it immediately. Uh, so said jones and baker but uh he was also experiencing some crazy hallucinations during this time induced again by what he was being taught by baker and jones so he was like he was just he could just make himself hallucinate baker and jones isn't that fucking crazy you know what's funny i hate this is like a personal side story i'm really sorry about this but the two dogs that i'm closest to in my life um the one dog's first name is baker and then my dog's last name is jones Dude, Jeff's dog's name is Jones because I call Jeff Jones. And so the the three dogs that are like connected to this show, minus Jake's dog, you know, he's got a yeah, he's a different story, you know. He's and our a, top number one fan, my friend at work, their last name is Baker. Really? Yeah. This is just lining up. I think we're magicians. We're surrounded. We by might be Baker magic. And Jones, we're surrounded. Jones and Baker, dude, we're gonna start hallucinating. We are. Dude, we're just gonna. Coming fucking spiral out i'm in i'm so all in. right well so he was hallucinating he was he was he was astrally projecting he was doing all this crazy things 
Uh, so all these crazy things. So this was also an ability that took Baker and Jones years to be able to do, and Crowley was able to do it almost instantly. So it was it was like a clear indication to them that Crowley was ready to finally find that hidden church that he'd been looking for. Atlantis. Yeah. No, it's the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. of course. The Hermetic Order the of Hermetic the Golden Dawn. The Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. He was introduced to it uh, by these two. Now, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn is uh-huh. an enormous topic in and of itself. And for the sake of this episode, we- some of the main things we'll need to know, like I'll say it, but... We, we should can. do we should do an episode on the, on yeah. the Golden Dawn because the, it's pretty hilarious. For the purposes hilarious. of our series here, we can't. It's just too much. It's, it's far too much. It's insane. There's a lot of practice and just weird beliefs. It's you, you'll get the overall gist, I'd say, based on you know the rest of the series. But to go that far into it, you're gonna really you're gonna really need to strap yourself in. No, it's true. All you need to know for the sake of this episode, the main things. Are that Sam Mathers, the author of the Kabbalah book that Crowley had read, uh, he was one of the leaders. Their practices focused on teaching uh, on the teachings of Madame Blavatsky, who is also another topic in and of herself. Oh yeah, she's like the female Crowley. I think we brought and, her up a couple times. Yeah, a couple mistaken. times, but we've never gone in depth. No, mainly because I don't know much about her. She's. Pretty fucking intense, uh, to say yeah. the least. I mean, the Blavatsky. I'd say she's about. She's Crowley like a step below, only because of the weird personal life that Crowley had. Yeah, Crowley um, was a bit eccentric. Now, to be honest, I don't know much about her personal life, but overall, the things that they you know kind of believed and practiced, they're they're pretty on, on par with each other. Yeah, they're both strange and just very different than what you'd think. Yeah. So yeah, Sam Mathers is a leader. They follow Amanda Blavatsky's like teachings. And, uh, and you know, the magic of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn practice was ceremonial rather than ritualistic. And ritualistic was the type of magic that Crowley would eventually grow to, uh, he would have, like, an exclusivity for. Oh, yeah. Due to his use, due to its use, like, ritualistic magic used sex and drugs a lot. Oh, yeah. And uh, Crowley was like, that's great. And it paired with his desire to defy God. It works. It's in a weird, very, very minuscule way. It's similar to the vampire story of Bill Schnoblin. Yeah. Um, just the way that, if you remember that episode, the things How that... How could you forget? Yeah, if you if you listen to this show and you haven't heard that, you need to check it out as Bill, well. Bill, reach out to us, Bill. Um, but I will say, the, the supposed order of events on how to become a vampire... The way Bill did, it's it shares similarities in the ritualistic magic of Crowley. Yeah, it's nowhere near the same, but it it sort of has the same kind of vibe to it, you know. Yeah. So so yeah, the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, they did ceremonial shit, and Crowley loved ritualistic shit. Eventually, later on down the line. So needless to say, Crowley was pretty bummed uh, to find out, uh, you know that his highly sought after, you know, hidden church, it was all about ceremonies. Yeah, the he, opposite of what he wanted. He found it very boring. Uh, he he apparently judged the rest of the members, calling them middle class and boring. You know, that was a much bigger <laughs> insult at that time. He's like, these guys are tacky as shit. I hate these guys. That really meant a lot. That was a swing to the nuts back then. Yeah. Nowadays, you're kind of just like, you got anything better? But back then, it was like, oh. <gasps> You monster. How could you... 
insult my dress. And, well, not maybe not dress. You know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm picking yeah, up. Yeah, like my manner of dress. Maybe they were wearing dresses. Who fucking knows? But let's, you know, Crowley thought this. He hated the place. You know, he was like super bummed out that this was the hidden church. So he thought. But, you know, the hidden church is a metaphorical thing. But we already covered that. But this is what he thought the hidden church was, the uh, Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. He thought that they were all so boring, despite the fact that one of the most famous poets to ever exist, William Butler Yeats, was a respected member. Yeah. He was, he was rubbing elbows with this guy. Just like Oscar Wilde, he's meeting all these like crazy, awesome like historical figures. Uh, but the two, just like with Wilde, hated one another. And, it is uh, too funny. <laughs> it heavily had to do with the fact that Yates uh, refused to respect Crowley's poetry. <laughs> Understandably so. I mean, you know, I mean, like, have you ever read Yates? Uh, not per. I mean, beautiful. I've seen like certain things. Incomprehensible, beautiful. It's amazing. That would be like, if- but Crowley's just like, I, I sucked poop from Jesus, but. Put it in his mouth. It'd be like, like if, okay. Right now, like the things that I'm interested in, like when I write, um, it'd be like if I was like, here, I'm gonna give this to like who's alive, like maybe like Stephen King, he's still alive. Yeah. Be like, here, here's this, and he'd be like, yeah, this is terrible. This is dog shit. I would probably be like, you're right. No, like, yeah, comparatively, dude. <laughs> you're a hundred percent right. You're not wrong. No, yeah. I think I I, to- I talked about this on the podcast at one point, but I sent a poem that I wrote for. A photographer that I really like. I sent it to him, and I couldn't even get in contact with him. He was just like, "Yeah, I'm his like person. Thanks for this." I was like, "Okay, see ya." Like, cool. Like, it was like, it. I don't hate the guy. I'm just like, oh, he's got other stuff to do. Yeah, it's like they're like, you know, we're we're novices in this universe. Yeah, These we're just like throwing shit at the wall. This po- this podcast being Exhibit A. Yeah, that'd be like but, if uh, we like. I'm trying to think like a comparison for this show. That'd be like if we went up to like. Joe Rogan, and we showed him this episode, and we were like, "We're just as good as you, right?" It'd be like, "Well, you know, I don't get me wrong. I love <laughs> this just, show." We just send him this in an email. It just says, "Take notes, Joe." I love our show. I, this is my favorite podcast that exists. But I can, I can openly and honestly say, we're not going to compete. You know, it's just, there's no competition there. Uh, he has a. Far bigger reach for uh, for you know guests. Not even the reach. This dude just has the resources to like. He's a compound. Yeah, like he can like talk to people that I'm like, wow, that would be really insane. Just to even like meet them at like a bar and just have a conversation. Oh yeah, and I they stutter. come to his fucking house and talk to him. Yeah, I stutter here, and it's just you. I'm just talking into a microphone. I don't even care you're here. Yeah, I can't even talk regularly in normal life. I would panic. I would absolutely I would panic. panic. My heart would beat out of my chest. Arrhythmia yeah, is so what I'd get. He's just butthurt that he's not near, like, you know, the top dogs. Yeah. Which is, it's not going to happen. That's just not how that stuff works. Yeah. But in any case, Yates uh, and Crowley hated one another. So, uh, Crowley only respected Mathers, you know, and Mathers' right-hand man. A man named Alan Bennett. Alan Bennett. Alan Tony's Bennett. father. What? I don't know that for sure. <laughs> Tony Bennett's father. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a crazy like a connection to make? That'd be good. Dude, it would explain why he's so talented. It you may know? be. Maybe. Now, Bennett was not a wealthy man. Okay? So, Crowley, he came in uh, to him with a proposal. Okay? He was like, if you move in with me in my awesome fucking apartment, you could it, 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 like teach me all this shit. 
ba- all right, I, I structured that wrong. If you teach me magical shit outside of like these meetings, you can come live in my apartment with me. That's basically what Crowley came to Bennett with, and he was like, "Fuck yeah!" All right, yeah, you that's know? a step up. You know, what why a not? super rich kid apartment. It's like I get to talk about the things that I like, and you'll just reward me with a free home. It's awesome. It's that, awesome. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, he uh, it, Bennett took Crowley up on his deal, and the two began having sex almost immediately. Crowley, predictably, bottoming a majority of the time. Oh, yeah. You know? Of course. He's like, it's, it kind of sweetens the deal if you're like a, a homosexual man. You're just like, I get an apartment, and I get to have like sex with you? And I just teach you about magic? Are you yeah, shitting Crowley me? Yeah, Crowley really, he thinks he's winning, and Bennett thinks he's winning. Yeah. So, you know. Why not? Yeah. This situation and the teachings of Bennett to come out of it as a result, uh, you know, it was it was great. All right? Uh, so one of these instances uh, came in the form of a 300... So, I'll, all right. Hang on. I'm all fucking mixed up. It's all right. It's all right. I'm all mixed up. I started talking about Joe Rogan got flustered. All right. So uh, after after Bennett moved in with Crowley... They started doing all these magical things, all right? He started teaching him, and a bunch of weird shit started happening due to the magical things, okay? One of these instances came from, it came in the form of 316 half-materialized demons just running around the house. Okay. So what does that look like in your mind, Grant? In my mind, Are I they could... small? Are they jumping around? Or are they just, like, shuffling like it's fucking, you know, uh, time to go to work? I what picture it? it like a scene in a movie. Um, it could either be like children or dogs, but like, you know, you walk out of the room and when you walk back in because you forgot your keys, everything is just torn to shreds and they're just kind of looking at you like, oops, that's like the, that's what I'm picturing. Spilling salt. Yeah. Just like that. Just just making a mess. Oh, nice couch. Ripping it. You know, that kind of thing. Also during this time, uh, don't ask how he got it because I, I don't know. Uh, Crowley kept a skeleton in his cupboard trying to bring it back to life by feeding it uh, blood, tea, and small birds. Wow. So you just had a cupboard full of bones, tea, blood, and birds. You know what he forgot? What might have actually worked a little bit more would be like muscle tissue. I mean, maybe. If you're actually thinking that this is going to work, that would probably be where I'd start. Well, you know, it, okay, so it didn't work. Oh, really? But, really? But... The bones grew a goop. A little oh. slimy goop on the outside of them. So maybe it was the beginning stages. Maybe you just gave up. Or, hear me out, all the blood and tea just fell because it's got nowhere to go. And it just created a goop. Don't be ridiculous, Grant. Okay? Fair enough. There's nothing that <laughs> indicates that blood and tea and uh, decaying remains of, of you know birds has anything to do with goop. Can you right. tell me that, you know, you know? All right, I, I take I it back. I can't prove it wrong. So, uh, if you couldn't tell by these actions, Crowley was introduced to drug use also at this time by Bennett. Uh, so, Bennett, he was prescribed opium, chloroform, morphine, and cocaine. Cool. By doctors. They, they wanted him to take this. Guess what he was prescribed this for? Uh, be, I don't know, being a drunk? <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome? Like you're drunk, take this instead. You're step. drunk. You gotta. You, you need to take this morphine and chloroform, and opium and cocaine. No, he was asthmatic. Ah. Oh. So obviously he needs all those drugs. Okay. Yeah. That that'll help. Yeah. So 
despite this introduction to drug uh, use, alongside his magical teachings, Crowley rose through the ranks of the Golden Dawn at an insane rate. You know, you might think, ooh, he's so drugged out. He can't be magical. No, apparently he was doing real well. He's extra magical. He was doing real well. So, uh, due to his previous readings of magical, you know, text, paired with his lessons from the new drug-fueled top roommate, he rose with ease. Okay? Through the ranks. Due to his... uh, Wait a minute. Due to two of the three founding members of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn dying and or leaving... Uh, you know, to uh, to go to their day jobs, respectively. So one of them died, one of them quit. He was like, I have a job. My my boss is like, you gotta quit it with this magic shit. This left Mathers basically in charge. So And, and Crowley loved this guy. So this was perfect. It was a perfect situation for Crowley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but though Mathers was above Yates on the technical totem of the Golden Dawn, the two began having different opinions on how things should be ran. Okay, causing a rift in the Golden Dawn and its many chapters. Because mm-hmm. it did have a couple chapters. It was like 100 members over a couple chapters all around Europe. Yeah, it's not bad. There was something, know? I don't know, we're going to do an episode on it in the future. We'll get reach. some more better information. But there was a lot of people. There were different chapters. Oh, yeah. Now, Crowley during this time had moved out of his apartment due to Bennett seeking warmer climates for his asthma. I guess the, all the, the slew of drugs weren't helping him. He's like, maybe just some warmer climates. Oh yeah, that'll you know that'll fix you right up. Yeah, so he moved out, and also the building was being investigated for homosexual activity, which was a crime at the time. So Crowley was like, "I'm gonna fuck off," you know. I'm he, out. he left. He was just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go." So he uh, he he you know he had also decided to launch himself through the many remaining ranks of the Golden Dawn. He would attempt to do the Aubermelon ritual. The Autumn Melons Ritual. I think it's Auber. I think it's Auber Melon. Yeah, the Autumn Melon just sounds funnier, but it's not a real thing. Like it's an automatic melon. It's like a What an automatic melon that cut itself in half? Ooh, that would be so sweet. Could you imagine not having to deal with like a watermelon or a pineapple? It just did it itself. (laughs) Yeah, I think we could buy that for a few extra cents. Yeah, but it's never the same. Yeah. No, yeah, I want it to. I want to buy it full form, and then have it just cube itself. Yeah, watermelon's not like as bad, but it's just unwieldy, you know. No, it's true. Pineapple's it's true. a little bit more constricted, but holy shit, do you have some work cut out? For oh, you. it's so sweet. But that's not. It has nothing to do with melons. Sadly, he wanted to attempt the Auburn melon ritual, which was a ritual in which a wizard could summon uh, their own guardian angel. Oh, okay. Okay, that's the, that's the the cut down version of it. That's basically what it is. Uh, so to attempt this ritual that required pure lifestyle and unwavering discipline, Crowley purchased a property off of Lake Loch Ness in Scotland called Bullskin. Yes, he did. Okay, so he he's living in Nessie's waters. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know Grant. how to feel about that. What do you think? Apparently, people like blame him for for. Getting Nessie in the water or something like that. Oh, he's like, oh, he summoned Nessie or something like that. If he did, that was that was the best piece of magic he's ever done. Yeah, right. That was some true Harry Potter shit. Yeah, but to you know, like I said, to do the Auburn Melon ritual, you need a pure lifestyle and unwavering discipline. He had none of this, but he bought this house, Bullskin, right, and he started it. So now, while in Bullskin, 
Before he started the ritual, Crowley claimed that the demons summoned in his England apartment had followed him and were wreaking havoc on those around him. I don't you hate that. Oh, When no. you're just haunted by your own doings. Uh, the, the most notable of these, uh, you know, individual, uh, of these things, it was an individual, he was a butcher, okay? He had accidentally cut one of his arteries while on the job. Oh, jeez. So he just, he accidentally killed himself. Crowley claimed that this was due to him absentmindedly writing demons' names on a bill that he had gotten from the butcher. He's just like unintentional, just like, oh yeah, oh yeah, Gilgamesh. Yeah, he's like thinking about other shit, he's just like writing absentmindedly. Sopinopolis. So got uh, these, fucking, uh, these fucking flank steaks. We got Nessie, oh god, the butcher's dead. What else do we have? We got, Pazuzu? We got, Bub. we got all these things. So yeah, he's like, oh, these fucking things are following me, it's terrible. Meanwhile, the divide between Mathers, you know, and and the leader who who had uh, who had left for a time did you know work out some stuff in his uh, day job. It was he, he was not going well, right? No. This this guy's name was William Westcott. He was growing more and more hostile. Willie towards, Westcott, the Willie angry Westcott. Willie Westcott. He was growing more hostile towards Mathers because he came back and he was like, I'm all, I'm equally in power here. But Yates, he was on Westcott's side, all right. And upon Westcott's return to the Golden Dawn, Crowley wrote to him, you know, despite him being on Mather's side, he wrote to Westcott, being like, you know, I, I think I deserve to, you know, more speedily rise through these ranks, don't you think? Don't you think, Westcott? Oh, yeah. Said Crowley. But no, he was, he was, he was denied. Westcott Ooh. was like, no. No, I don't even know you. I was just working. So, and so it was Crowley and Mathers versus Yates and Westcott. Okay. Okay, this is the situation here. After Westcott denied Crowley's initiation into the Second Order, because that's another thing, there's three orders in the Golden Dawn, um, the Mathers, uh, he decided to do it himself. So Mathers was like, you know what, I'm just going to uh, allow Crowley to be initiated into the Second Order. All right, all right. He's like, I'll do it myself. However, when Crowley attempted to you know, go to the Golden Dawn headquarters in London, he was informed by the secretary that the order did not recognize his initiation as legitimate, and he was denied entry. Ooh, bad news, He's like, bears. you can't even come in here. You can't even get off my property, is what they said. Uh, so this implied that the order did not recognize Mather's rank. Oh, that's, okay, that's not great. pretty a slap in the face, a slap in the magical face. Uh, to which he responded by basically calling Westcott a charlatan and claiming all, uh, you know, all the magical powers obtained by the members of the order were due to himself. So he's like, "This guy's full of shit. I'm the real magic man." Uh, so this went back and forth until Crowley and Mathers began planning a coup of Ooh. sorts. They were doing a coup. A coup. Right. And in this uh, divide, those who backed Mathers and Crowley began experiencing genuinely terrifying things. Uh, so the people who were like supporting Crowley and he was just like, I deserve all these fucking awesome things for no reason. All the people supporting them, just crazy things. None more notable than spontaneous combustion. Really? Okay. Both a carriage used by backers of the two magicians, as well as Crowley's mild romantic counterpart, Elaine Simpson, her raincoat, uh, also caught on fire. So all these things are just bursting into flames. Okay. What could be the answer, Grant? I have no idea. I think it's magic. Oh, yeah. yeah there's magic. some magic involved here. Uh, so let's see. Uh, these occurrences sparked Mathers and Crowley to attempt to take over the Golden Dawn headquarters, like physically. 
you know, uh, an event later known as the Battle of Blith Road. So there's a battle. There's a battle among wizards that's about to occur. All right. Let's see how magical it gets. Mathers, he sent out a telegram, okay, to those backing he and Crowley to meet at the headquarters in London on April 20th of 1898, 420. Okay. 420. 420, we're all meeting up. However, Yates became privy to this plan and began to lock up the building. Okay, he, he locked it up, and you know what he also did? He changed the locks. He was like, I'm just going to change. They can't get in. You know, it doesn't even matter. Uh, however, Crowley, Mathers, and Simpson, and a random hired man for muscle, managed to make their way into the building anyhow, where Crowley, like Yates, uh, had changed the locks once more. So it's just a bunch of lock changing is, is all the magic, it seems. Okay, okay. All right, all right. So... Uh, it, was, it was him, Mathers, uh, his Elaine Simpson, and some random goon. Okay. Eventually, the police were called, and Crowley and his followers were asked to leave, <laughs> which they did. Uh, so Crowley and Simpson then returned two days later and gained access to the building by simply pestering the landlord, and, uh, and he began cursing those he came across while he was climbing the stairs. Really? So he's Cursing just like, you him. have to let me in, landlord. He's like, you don't seem to understand who I am. I'm Alistair Crowley, okay? But he was nobody at this point, really. So this guy was just annoyed by him. He let him in. He was going up the stairs. And, uh, yeah, Crowley was just cursing those he came across. Just cursing. Yeah, just cursing them. Just, like, cursing them. Just, fuck you. Yeah. And he came across Yates at the top of the stairs. And you know what Yates did from the top of the stairs? What? What did he yeah, do? Yeah, he kicked Crowley down the stairs. That's a good plan. It's a, it's but a counteract. A, you're you know, going to get curses. Cursed. You might be cursed. Who knows? Do we know how Yates died? I can't say I do. Me either. I was looking into I'm him a sure little bit. Crowley would take, uh, you know, take uh, credit for I, that. I was trying to not necessarily. I didn't really look for his reason of death, but I was just reading about you know key characters. They're really treated as unimportant. Honestly. They kind of are. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, all right, so after Crowley was kicked down the stairs, the police were again called. And Crowley and Simpson were again asked to leave. So Yates, he then stripped Mathers as well as Simpson of their status in the Golden Dawn. He's like, you're not even in the second the second shit anymore. You know, you're you're done. You're not. You're nothing to me. You're nothing. You're, you're, useless. you're nothing. You're nothing to me. Uh, leaving out Crowley due to his notion that Crowley was not truly an elite member to begin with, so he didn't feel the need to strip him of the title. Which That's is a just slap. a big old fuck you, Crowley. It's like you're not even important enough to be ridden of, you know? Fuck yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Crowley was fucking pissed about this dude. He took it to court. He took this matter to court and he lost it. Almost like immediately. The, could you imagine the judge just like, what the fuck like am I you're, dealing with here? You're, you're saying your your occupation is wizard? You're so, a yes, wizard. Yes, I, I, I dabble in the dark arts. Oh, yes, yes, of course. Yes, of course. But no, he lost that uh, that court case. So, so yeah. Not looking good for Crowley. After this, Crowley joined Mathers in Paris. Isn't that great? Uh, but he was quickly... Uh, 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 disenchanted by him okay so crowd he he hated it he hated being with mathers alone because apparently mathers just kind of gave up at this point he then abandoned 
both Mathers as well as the Golden Dawn. He just like fuck this hidden church. I hate it. And Mathers now. <laughs> fuck so he's this just place. creating enemies. He's all these terrible things. But he's in Paris, and he's just like fuck you, fuck all of you. All right, I respect that. Move, you know though. why not? Uh, so Crowley then decides to go to where else? But New York. He goes to New York in America. New York. So I'm going to go on a steamship. I'm going to be in New York. It's going to be great. Apparently, he loved ice cream. It was very hot in New York, and he very much liked ice cream. Really? That was a thing, yeah. But uh, he, you know, the heat and general discomfort of the city in the summer caused him to move to Mexico City, which I can't imagine is cooler in temperature. No, so I don't understand worse, that. Because it's just hotter and probably muggier. Yeah. I don't I don't know the logic, but apparently he liked it a lot more. There was a lot more boozing and gambling and uh, general mayhem. Oh, it's probably there. a lot more fun than New York, I mean, yeah. just to be honest. There you go. Uh, so apparently, while he's in Mexico City, he claims to have gained the ability to become invisible. Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> he apparently learned it uh, while in the Golden Dawn, probably from Bennett, uh, in the midst of, of drug things. Yeah. So, yeah, he claimed that he could be invisible, but apparently uh, when he tried this in England, people would just, like, stare at him and, like, ask people around him, like, who's that guy? They're like, oh, that's just Aleister Crowley uh, thinking he's invisible. And yeah. that was basically the extent of that. They're kind of just like, oh, okay. <laughs> but in Mexico City, like, no one gave a fuck. They were just like, eh, fucking whatever. But he was like, I'm invisible. I'm the most powerful magician in the world, and they can't even see me. Yeah, you know? yeah, all right, buddy, all right. So Crowley also claims that during this time he performed a ritual to summon a tutor in his magical magical abilities. Because, you know, Bennett's gone. He's in the warm climates. Uh-huh. And now Crowley's in fucking America. So uh, who else was summoned by this ritual than Eckenstein? Eckenstein. His father figure mountain climbing buddy. Uh, so Crowley then professed his self-consciousness about his own magical abilities. To which Eckenstein... He, he replied in saying, maybe you just lack a discipline. You know, maybe, maybe you, just you, uh, maybe you suck. Takes. Maybe you're not so good uh, at being anything. You are the weakest link. No, but he was basically like, you need more discipline. Uh, and the only, uh, you know, through this, only through this uh, was he to achieve something great. He was like, you're never going to be anything unless you're disciplined. Yeah. Which I can see that. You know, that makes sense. Uh, so what does Alistair do? He goes to Hawaii for 50 days, <laughs> and uh, he has an affair with a woman named Alice, and he writes a series of sonnets called Alice and Adultery from it. I don't know how this is discipline, but... It's some type of discipline, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I guess it was the vacation before the discipline, because then he met up with his old roommate Bennett in Sri Lanka to intensely study yoga. Okay, so that, okay, I can see that. The discipline and, like, breathing and figuring out things. Yeah, at least yoga's got some discipline. Yeah. So this guy's going everywhere. But uh, he also, yeah, he was studying, like, meditation, all these things. Um, uh, Yeah. So it wasn't long after this that he and Eckenstein decided to climb K2. Okay. All right, so that's insane that's the second largest mountain in the world i'm pretty sure right yes as far as i'm aware it is yeah so he uh eckenstein and a bunch of other people like apparently this whole like expedition was like over over 100 days it was like 160 something days 
and uh, so Crowley, Eckenstein, and a bunch of other people, and a traveling like farm, like a bunch of goats and like chickens and shit. Like they had like food supply for days. They were going up this mountain. All right. right. But Crowley, he was he, like he always is. He was a fucking dick. He was he was he was a terrible dick upon Surprise. this uh, this trip. Surprise. There was even at one point like uh, he pulled a gun on one of the guys with him. He's like, hey, bitch. he's like, you're gonna listen to me, bitch, and like, no, he didn't. The the guy he pulled the gun on quickly uh, took the gun. That's but, mine now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they didn't uh, necessarily get to the top, but they were uh, they were hanging out there for a while, and you know, just this whole big trip. I don't know, man. There's so much fucking more. Do you think we should stop here for today? <laughs> I think this is an appropriate stop. Like, point. I don't even know where. Like, it 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 just keeps getting insane. It and see that's the thing with this episode is like that's why it's gonna be at least four because it's like he's about to get fucking married like I'll, I'll just like quickly talk about this yeah I yeah guess. yeah jo- uh, you, you can go out jump so, into something all right he, he met a woman named Rose Kelly all right okay and she was crazy okay so she she was like she had a reputation as being a uh, a very crazy person okay so she at the time that Crowley met her. She had, like, two suitors who were just like, you got to marry me, you got to marry me. And she was dating them both, you know? Right, yeah. But meanwhile, <clears throat> meanwhile, there was another dude who she was fucking, and, and he was married. So she was in this in the middle of all this drama in her life. And her, uh, her parents were just like, you know what, you got to pick one of these suitors, you got to settle down, become a lady for us, you know, for the family name. She's a lady. Whoa, 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 she's a lady. Yeah. No, yeah, so it was, it was Rose Kelly. Um, <laughs> yeah, what do we got here? So yeah, her parents were like, you know, you got to settle down. You got to become a lady. You got to do us right by our name, even though you're going to take the guy's name. I never understood that. I don't get you it. You know, like, it's like, you, you're making a mockery of the family name. It's Those like, old she's going to take the other family name. That shit doesn't Usually. make any sense to me. I don't get it. I don't know. But um, so apparently, like, Crowley knew the family to some degree. And uh, and the father, like, uh, 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 Rose's father, she, she was, he was just like, you know, we're kind of into, like, magical things, like, to a slight degree. Like, so it's sort of like spiritual, like spirituality. Uh-huh. He hired Crowley as sort of a guide for Rose in this, like, decision. Oh. And so he's like, no matter what he did, there was going to be something that was going to go wrong. Like the like one person was going to be jealous, or like he didn't pick the right person for, her and they, it was a terrible you know outcome. Uh-huh. And what better way to both oppose God and choose the worst possible thing that he could do in the situation? He was like, you should marry me. Just do it. And she did. She just fucking did. Because <laughs> apparently, like, Crowley didn't hold, like, the sanctity of marriage very very close to his heart. He was just like, you can just marry me. Parents will be fine with it, right? Uh, you're getting married. That's what they wanted. And I really don't give a fuck what you do, so you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> just go for it. And Why I'm not? rich. You know, it, Crowley's a rich kid. All these things. So, uh, yeah, and apparently, upon finding out that Alistair was going to marry Rose, uh, Rose's father was very upset and uh, came in right after they got married by a lawyer. Apparently, they could just get... This was in Scotland, too. He's all over the fucking place. But, I like uh, that, though. Yeah, he's, he's a man of the world. But, uh, yeah, apparently the, the father came in right after they got married, and he attempted to physically beat 
Alistair, it kind of just deteriorated into the fact that they were now married. There you go. You know, like you went from Mexico City, from New York, to, from being a part of the Golden Dawn, creating a whole hubbub there, and now he's just married to a random person, and he's like, I'm going to defy God with you. It, this isn't even halfway through the story, honestly. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> so we're going to have to, like... Fit, fit some crazy shit into the next two weeks. Yeah, you guys are really in for a ride with this motherfucker. Yeah. He's, yes. he's taking us to Thanksgiving. I I, could, I already feel it. Oh, I already feel past it. that, yeah. This yeah. is, uh, yeah, so th- I think this is an appropriate ending point for part two. So what do you think, Grant? We've gotten to, I mean, a lot of weird stuff. Uh, we're seeing the early formations of his interest and kind of his path. As well as some of the odd decisions, I guess, he's made throughout his life. It's all in the name of Satan. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of that start to unfold rather quickly as opposed to a gradual, like, oh, I learned about this, let's see. No, this one, it's hitting pretty hard, pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think think you guys are really, if you're sticking around for this, you're going to love three it's just going to starts to get a little nitty in the gritty. It's going to take the weirdness from this episode and just double it. Make it look like fucking mayonnaise. You know? Yeah, it's it, that's kind of even part 1. You know, there's a little weird but then this part kind of like, oh, okay, you know, we're we're dipping our toes in the proverbial waters here. It's going to get no, even they're crazier. literal waters, Grant. They're literal waters. It's Crowley. Okay? Well, okay, fair you enough. You know what we're talking about? We got to find this water to put our toes in. Yeah, 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 we do. We, we got to find it. Uh, oh, one thing that's cool about uh, Bullskin, the the property you bought off of Lake Loch Ness. Apparently, I'm pretty sure that Jimmy Page purchased that later on. Yes, he did. He purchased that and was doing all a bunch for of the very reason things. of it being Aleister Crowley's uh, old old place. Yeah, that's what happens when a guy in his early 20s gets fuck you money. Yeah, pretty much. You know, so I fucked by that. Yeah, why not? Let's see what happens. You know, let's yeah. have a good time. You know, it's a cool place. I bet. No, I I guarantee so much Nessie merch. Oh yeah, that, that's know? that's where you get like the the true merch. You know. Yeah, you can get a guy with a cool accent tell you a story. It's great. But with all that being said, that's effectively our episode for the week. Yeah, no, How about it's that? true. How and Alistair Crowley's going to be coming at you. In the next two weeks, just like he has been in in these previous two weeks. Oh yeah, he is. He's coming in with a right. force. He's gonna take you by storm. But he's gonna bottom for you. I and promise. As, oh, it's true. And as you can tell, it makes me stutter. It makes me lose my train of thought. Just how insane this guy is. It, it is a little weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. No, it's crazy. But we are starting a cult, and that is Grant and I am Jake. Mitch isn't here because it's Thursday, and I'm going to Boston tomorrow, so we're recording this early. It's but true. You can. Uh, follow us on all the stuff, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and we're on YouTube. There's a link below for the Patreon. Speaking of people in their early 20s with fuck you money, maybe Ooh, you want that. I like that. For us. That was a great segment. You know, that that's cool. Beauteous. But uh, there's also, you know, cool uh, episodes on there every two weeks, which we're about to record right after this one and post it right up there for the Patreon users. So go ahead over there and donate. Yeah, go We'll also send out. you a shirt. If you get on there, whatever you pay, we'll send you a shirt. I don't even give a fuck. Yeah, I don't, I don't care. You know, who cares? Let but us also, know where you want it to <laughs> be located, and we will get that sent to you uh, post-haste. It's true. We got say. stamps. We got shirts. 
Why not combine the two? Yeah, absolutely. We've we'll we'll got to know what to write on them. We'll wrap it in a box and just give it to you. How yeah. about that? Yeah. We're on YouTube. I already said that. And our email is startacult at gmail.com. I love you all. I love you as well. So thank you for joining us. We'll be back with some Alistair. Boom, boom, boom. Hi, mama. Yes. Bananas. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Medocia's Body Care Breakthrough Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com code SUMMER.